You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. share some um, special time with our family on Friday and Saturday, and uh, it's very rare that we all are able to get together, and my sister's home from Africa, so we were all able, there's 31 people in our family, and so we were all together um, on yesterday, and um, the ladies had this thing planned where all the guys would wear the same shirt. None of the guys knew, um, but... um, so I happened to be there first, and then people started showing up with the same shirt on, and uh, it, was a, it was a neat little thing. We, it, was, it was funny throughout the day, amen, uh, but uh, we had a great time just fellowshipping and being together, and, uh, but we're glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning and to see you in God's house, and a lot of things have been happening. Um, we've had more banquets and things take place over the last couple of weeks. The youth had a great banquet on Wednesday night. They had a great time together, and it was well done and taken care of, and thank the Lord for uh, everyone that participated in that as well. Amen. Lisa, we're praying for you and your family. We had special prayer this morning for you, and uh, we're glad to see everyone in the house of the Lord today. Amen. We're going to uh, turn your attention to Luke chapter 2 and to Matthew chapter 2. I'm going to read a few verses this morning. Um, from these two chapters, and uh, of course, we're getting close to the day that we celebrate. It's obviously not the actual day of Christ's birth, um, but um, we celebrate it. We set aside uh, a day, and um, not just that we're thankful for one day of the year. We're thankful every day of the year for the birth of Christ, and um, and we're we're thankful that we can. Um, Take time and just celebrate why he came and the blessing that Jesus came. And the reason that we're able to gather here today is because he came. And this morning I want to speak to you now is the time to worship. And uh, that's what I want to focus on this morning. Uh, Luke chapter 2 verse 8. And they were in the same country, shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came. Upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph 
and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. Amen. Matthew chapter 2. And uh, Matthew and Luke are the ones that record uh, concerning the birth of Christ. Luke gives more detail, but Matthew gives some different detail. Matthew chapter 2 and uh, verse 1. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. And thou Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not thou the least, or the least among the princes of Judah? For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when ye have bound him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. Um, you have uh, two passages of Scripture that I've read to you, one concerning the shepherds and one concerning the magi, the wise men. And um, in both of these instances, different time periods, um, they were coming to worship. Now, worship is to regard with great or extravagant respect, honor, or devotion. Worship can mean showing uh, adoration, having a feeling of profound love and admiration, loving without question, or even to excess. Our love for God obviously should be manifested in our worship of Him. Not only does our worship honor God, but nothing is more fulfilling as a human being than to worship the Creator, your Savior, the Almighty God. Nothing is greater than actually being in the presence of God and worshiping Him with all of your heart. So I want to speak to you this morning. Now is the time to worship. When, when it comes to worship, we must begin with the knowledge or revelation of whom we are worshiping. It's not just about worship. It's also understanding who we are worshiping. We are worshiping the almighty God. To be pleasing to God, this knowledge and revelation uh, uh, comes from God's word. 
And you notice here, the, the night that the angel of the Lord appeared to the shepherds, uh, it was a night of revelation for them and understanding to them. No doubt they had heard about God prior to that night, uh, but something was uh, greater in their mind that night when an angel showed up. Now that's uh, quite an event, to be out in the fields taking care of your flock, and then you experience an angel, an angel showing up to the shepherds. To, uh, uh, biblical, to, to uh, have true biblical worship that will satisfy completely, uh, we have to stop and, and realize this is not going to be man-made. It's not going to be uh, just some type of... Uh, uh, half-heartedness, uh, it's not going to be some type of a substitute, uh, uh, a filling in time. No, no, we're going to have an experience with God, a divine experience with God, a revelation of the knowledge of God, an understanding uh, uh, in a greater sense of the Word of God. Because when you worship, it's not just something you do half-heartedly. Um, this a man by the name of William Temple, he... Uh, he gave a clear definition of worship that's shared in one of Warren Wearsby's books called The Integrity Crisis. He said, for worship is the submission of all our nature to God. It is the quickening of conscience by his holiness, the nourishment of mind with his truth, the purifying of imagination by his beauty, the opening of the heart to his love, the surrender of will to his purpose, and all of this gathered up in an adoration, the most selfless emotion of which our nature is capable of, and therefore the chief remedy for our self-centeredness, which is the original cause of sin, the source of all sin, was the selfishness from human beings and worship is realizing that there is someone greater than you and he is the almighty God and you bring that adoration and you bring that that purpose that he has for your life and the love that you want to share to him and you say I'm going to offer that up to him amen and so you have two instances that I've read to you where they came to worship the Lord Firstly, I read to you about the shepherds. They were being summoned to a higher place of worship and adoration than they had ever been before. And they were so impacted by the multitude of heavenly hosts. So I just want you to think about the situation. They're in the field, minding their own business, taking care of the sheep. And an angel shows up and says, I've got something for you to do. And in the midst of the angels showing up, then all of a sudden there is a heavenly host. Now, if it was one shepherd, you know, maybe he's having some delusional event. But this is not happening to one shepherd. It showed up to the shepherds. There's multiple shepherds. There's, there's more than one that can, that can um, back up the story that that's an angel. 
that looks like a heavenly host, and we're given directions that a baby has been born, and we're to make our way to where that baby is. They're going to leave their flocks to go and worship. Now think about it. If you and I this morning, uh, if we're going to come to Jesus, uh, there might be some things that we're going to have to leave behind. Things that may have been important in the past. Things that you may have had as even a priority in the past. Uh, the whole lifestyle of these, these shepherds was going to be left behind. I mean... They're actually out in the field for a reason. They're out there to take care of the flocks. But they're now having a greater reason than even their occupation. They had to leave the flocks in the field. They had to leave what they did. I'm not talking about you need to quit your job. The idea is there's sometimes things that we're going to have to leave behind to make our way to the feet of Jesus to worship him. It's not a new concept. You can look in the Old Testament. You'll see um, when it's talking about a, a, a guy that's wanting to find a, a woman to marry. The Bible says that he has to leave his father and mother. That's a good idea, actually cleave to his wife. If a woman wants to marry the man, she's got to leave and join him as he becomes her husband. Abraham was to leave where he lived to go and find a city whose builder and maker was God. It's not a new thing. Even if you look at the Ten Commandments, it says, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. That's Exodus 20 and 3. God's to be the first in our lives. No other gods. That, that, that's not just uh, uh, what, what we would know as some divine human beings. It, it can be anything in our life that would come between us and God. There might be some leaving of things that have to happen if we're going to worship God the way he desires for. This is not a new thing. You can even look in Matthew Chapter uh, uh, 19, and you hear, read the story about the rich young ruler, and he comes to Jesus, and, and he even calls him good master. He's attempting to show Jesus that he has learned from him, and he wants to follow him, and he's got everything he thinks in order, and the Lord has this conversation with him. Well, what about the commandments? And he said, listen, I've, I've done those things from my youth. Uh, I, I, I'm wanting to find out what i got to do to inherit eternal life. And Jesus responded to the young man, making it clear that if he had obeyed all the commandments and, and, and he had taken care of all that, all he had left was to sell what he had and give it to the poor. He had to leave his possessions. And the Bible tells us that that was too much for him. And he went away sorrowful because he was unwilling to leave what he owned just to worship the Lord. And so you have this contrast of 
the wise men and the shepherds being poor and lowly and, and nothing to bring to them. You have these shepherds that there wasn't, there wasn't any, uh, you know, corner store probably out in the field. You know, we'll pick something up on the way. <laughs> no, there, there was, uh, they didn't have any Walmarts and there wasn't um, Amazon. There was no package delivery. Brother Hanscom wasn't bringing any packages to them. No, none of that was available. The shepherds realized that they were, they were on a path and that was leading to Jesus, and they had to leave what they were doing. And that night, everything changed for them. Everything changed. There was new revelation. There was something that happened in the, the hearts of these shepherds as they made their way to, to find a baby that the angel had told them about. But this wasn't a new instruction. They, they had heard about this type of thing before. Jews and uh, the, the Jews, the, to the Jews, these shepherds uh, had been instructed by the law. The Old Testament says uh, they were to love and to worship God. The book of Deuteronomy gives us a very clear instruction of that in chapter 6 and verse 5. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. This was something they were well aware of. There was nothing that was going to be more important uh, in the field. Uh, there was nothing going to be more important that they were going to leave behind. No, they were making their way to worship Jesus. Listen, over the history of the Old Testament, Jews have been tempted on many occasions to worship and fall into sin, idolatry, all kinds of other things that were more important to them at periods of time than God, and all of a sudden they get themselves in a mess, and then they call upon the Lord, and he would listen to them, and you see instant after instance where, where God delivers or brings them out or brings them back, and, and there's not a lot to offer. They just have themselves. Uh, they, they, they just come back to God and say, listen, we, we've made a huge mistake here. We can't do this our way. We've got to get back to what it was in the original. We're going to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, strength. Uh, we're going to give everything they didn't have, even uh, throughout the Old Testament, lots of times there wasn't lots to offer but themselves. And so they were leaving everything else behind and just bringing themselves. You ever been invited to a party and you're halfway there or close to being there and you forgot a gift? Invited to the birthday party and you don't have the gift. You're on the way to the wedding shower and you forgot the card. You ever have that happen? You're scrambling. Trying to think of what story you're going to come up with. You know, I'll give it to you another time, whatever the case is. You can imagine these shepherds, they, they, they were on their way to a, a birthday party. <laughs> the birth was happening. It had taken place, and they didn't bring any gift. They had nothing to bring but themselves. That's all they brought. They didn't have anything else prepared. Nothing else in the field, nothing else. They just came themselves. But they were coming to worship. The important thing of what happened with these shepherds is they were willing to leave everything else behind 
You look at the, the magi, the wise men, in contrast to the shepherds. They were Gentile worshipers. They were on their way to see the Messiah. And uh, the wise men were, were not coming empty-handed. Their gifts actually tell us a lot about what they think about where they're going and the approach that they have to the Lord that they've come to worship. And when we come to worship, there's some things that we ought to obviously bring to him in our worship. In Jesus, you see these wise men, they, they come to give him worship, what, what he was worthy of, but they didn't come empty-handed. Matthew is the only writer who mentions the wise men. Mark and John don't even make any comment about the birth of Christ, while Luke, who wrote um, the most about the events that were surrounding Jesus' birth, yet Luke leaves out this, this part. And Matthew is the single book of the New Testament that gives us the passage about what I have read to you about the wise men. And um, there's, there's been a lot of questions and songs that have been written and all kinds of things that have been said over the years that are, it's not even biblical. We don't know how many wise men there were. And um, we don't know how far they traveled. Um, but we do know that um, they brought gifts. And we have, we have an understanding that they were astrologers. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 says, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. It would appear from Matthew chapter 2, verse 2, and verse 7, that there was a star that the wise men seen even at his birth. And yet they're still able to see that probably two years later. That's what we suspect. It's two years later because when they come to Herod, Herod wants to know where Jesus is, and he's, he's giving them instructions. Listen, when you find him, come back to me and let me know so I can go. The only problem is he wasn't going to worship. And um, we suspect that it's two years because Herod makes a decree that everyone that's two years and, and younger to be killed, the boys. He's trying to include the birth of Christ in that in the, in the children that will be destroyed. So we suspect that the wise men are coming probably up to two years later. Jesus is no longer in the stable. He's no longer in the manger. He's no longer uh, uh, laying there in swaddling clothes. He's, he's uh, in a house, and, and Mary and Joseph are there, and he's probably uh, close to two years old or older, and they're showing up at his home, and they arrive, and they've got presents. So you have two sets of people that have come to worship Jesus, but they've come differently. The shepherds come by leaving everything else behind. The wise men come by bringing things to him. Both of these, both of these instances are important to us in how we come to Jesus. The wise men understood that the gifts that they were representing, they held great significance. They may not have understood exactly everything about it, but we have indication the Bible tells us what they brought. 
They brought at least three different types of, of things and and this worship and adoration that they were going to be given to the Lord was represented by what they brought. First of all, they brought gold, which was probably a representation of his royalty. Jesus was king of the Jews. He is the king of kings and lord of lords. It was a representation of who he was. And the wise men, they, they, uh, they recognized that uh, uh, what, what they were coming to worship was not just an ordinary child. They brought him they brought him gold, a representation of royalty. This completely bypassed King Herod. The Bible doesn't say they ever brought anything to him. <laughs> he was King Herod, but they didn't bring him gifts. They were on their way to the King of Kings, the King of all kings, greater than King Herod. Herod received nothing. He didn't deserve anything. They gave their complete allegiance to Jesus. They brought along with them also frankincense, which was an aromatic uh, uh, incense. And, and, and this, uh, uh, this was a, a, an indication that there was a, a, a divine part to God and not just man. A representation of his divinity, that God was manifested in flesh. Emmanuel, God with us. Something powerful was happening even in how they were worshiping. He is the king of kings, and yet he is all God. He truly was God in the flesh. He was going to offer himself as a sacrifice. And so the third thing they bring along is myrrh. And myrrh was a perfume used during the embalming process. The gift probably symbolized or represented a prophetic manner of how he would die and be buried and rise again as the Almighty God. The suffering of his humanity, but rising, amen, to give us life and life more abundantly. So I want you to see, see the differences of how they worshiped. And that's important to us today because how we come to worship is very important. Now is the time. Now is the time to come and to worship. But how you and I come is important. It may be that there's some things that we have to leave behind. Some things that have been important or priorities or uh, maybe those have been things that have been attached to our life for however long. They are not as important as Him. Whatever it is this morning, I, I'm not giving you know exactly. A list is not required. Whatever it is that would come before him this morning, before Jesus Christ in your life, it would be good to leave that behind. Leave it behind. Let it lose its significance in not allowing you to come openly to worship Jesus today. 
What is it today that would hinder you in some way of not coming to worship him? What would it be that would get between you and God? Would it be a feeling? Would it be a possession? Would it be a family member? Would it be a, a career? Would it be money? Would it be a, a lifestyle? Would it be an addiction? Would it be whatever it would be today? None of those things qualify as keeping you from coming to worship. Without any question in your mind, say, you know what? I will refuse for that to keep me from worshiping God. I'm going to make my way to him. I don't have a lot to offer, but I'm offering myself today. Here I am, Lord. Here I am this morning. Everything else does not matter. I was in the office the other day. And uh, I was having a conversation with Levi. And uh, Levi is nine? Nine. And so I'm having this conversation with Levi. I said, Levi, you getting excited for Christmas? Oh, yeah, Pastor, but it's not about the gifts. Jesus came. That's the most important thing. And I'm listening to him, and I'm thinking, now, he must take after his mother, not his father. No, no. Just teasing. I was listening to this nine-year-old give me this incredible explanation of what was the most important. I was so proud of him. I, I was a little bit surprised in a sense, but I was proud of him. It was this fantastic answer. To pastor. <laughs> it was great. I have to ask you this morning. Would pride keep you from worship? Would, would people keep you from worship? Would stuff keep you from worship? Because all those things must be left behind to make your way to worship Jesus. And then what is it? What is it that you could bring this morning as you come to worship. You say, well, I, I've just got myself, Pastor. I, I'm just offering myself. That's what the shepherds had. They just had themselves. Most important thing. And then as you come, it's not the necessity of actual gifts. It's the representation of what those things mean. It's the representation of what they signify. It's what they are representing in our lives this morning are you coming to him as the king of kings are you coming to him that there is nobody like him there's no one before him and no one after him no one compares to him he's got no rival there is no equal he is the first and the last the alpha and the omega the beginning and the end. No one compares to him. He's wonderful and counselor. He's the mighty God, the everlasting Father, and he's the Prince of Peace. He's the great I am. He's everything that you and I need this morning. Are you coming to him as the King of Kings? Because how you come to worship him matters. 
Are you coming to him that he is fully man and fully divine? He understands you fully as humanity, but yet he's able to die for you and rise again so that you and I could be saved this morning. How are you coming to him? Do you expect him to be your answer? Are you expecting him this morning to be your only savior? Or have you put your trust in other things that will not last, that are temporal? Let me tell you, he is your savior this morning. (laughs) How you come to worship him matters. Are you coming with a representation of myrrh? The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ that represents everything about the gospel, the true understanding of the gospel. No greater time than when we represent, take time, set aside, recognize the importance of the birth of Christ to know that it was that he came to seek and to save that which was lost. He is the gospel. Paul said, if I preach anything else, that will be a mess. So I will bring myself in worship as the shepherds, and then I will bring a representation of who he is. When I come to worship, the king, the savior, the importance of the gospel that happens in my life. The wise men worshiped based on their God-given revelation of him. They worshiped the, the, the one who was king, priest, and would sacrifice himself for their redemption today. You and I have that understanding. We get to look back at these, these two instances of people that came to Jesus to worship, and we come to him with the rest of our lives. We come to him with our desires. We come to him with our love. We come to him with ourselves. We come to him in our faith. We come to him with everything we can offer him and say, God, here's my future. Here's everything. I'm putting it on on you this morning, God, because that's all I've got to offer, and I'm recognizing who you are. Because worship is not about just what he can do. Worship is about who he is. And when you add who he is to what he can do, that is what has transformed our lives. So I just ask you simply today, how are you coming to worship? Because now's the time. Now's the time. To worship. No better time. No other time. No important of a time. Now is the time to worship. So how are you coming? Leaving everything behind that's not necessary and bringing to him a a recognition of who he is. That's the recipe this morning for your worship to him. A pastor, you have no idea what I'm dealing with or what I have to take care of. You have no idea the, the things I'm struggling with. You have, that's, that's probably accurate. 
the shepherds didn't have anyone to take care of their, well, you know, let's call so-and-so and see if they'll take care of the sheep while we're gone. The wise men see a star, and it's only two years later that they show up. I mean, you look at the instances behind. I mean, there could be all kinds of excuses. We don't have no one to take care of the sheep. I'm not sure we want to take two years to get there. What's going to happen? Where, where will the, like, where will the sheep be when we get back? If you've ever raised sheep, you know that there's not a chance in this lifetime of them staying in the same spot. Not a chance. I mean, they, they, they could be anywhere by the time you get back. And how much can happen in a two-year journey to get to where Jesus is? That's a, quite a road trip. So there's all kinds of things we could come up with in between those of excuses. But now's the time to worship. Now's the time to worship. I'm going to leave everything else behind, and I'm going to come to him in who he is. Music, come. There's a song we sing. goes just along like that. Come, now is the time to worship. Come, now is the time to give your heart today. Now is the time. Not next year. It's not a New Year's resolution. It's not, well, you know what, uh, when I get this straightened out or when I get that settled. Or No, no, now is the time. Now is the time. If you're watching or listening online this morning, now is the time. Well, preacher, you have no idea what's happened in my life the, the last week or the last year or the last 10 years or whatever the case. No, that's, but now's the time. Now is the time to come. Don't wait. Don't wait. We have no idea what's going to be around the corner. Now's the time. Be willing to leave everything else behind and come and worship him because of who he is. Now's the time. gathered around in the living room yesterday my dad wanted to have some things to say while we were all there and I listened to him as he shared how great mom was how thankful he is for his Four children and spouses, grandchildren, their spouses, great grandchildren, 31 of us. And maybe the most important thing that he said, not saying this for any other reason other than it's possible. Maybe the most important thing that he said was he was so thankful that all 31 were in the church. 
And I sat and I thought, what an incredible thing to worship God for. Just willing to leave everything else behind and worship Him for who He is. I thank God for that, and there's no guarantee ever. I understand. But I thank God that people have made a decision that they're going to worship Him. He's going to be the most important thing in their lives. And as Dad shared that information, I can't give you can't give you some fantastic recipe that no one else knows about other than I can only go back to everything that we were taught and when we were old enough to understand and that was there's one thing that's going to happen we're going to serve God we're going to worship God we're going to love God God's going to be first in our lives there's nothing else that's going to come ahead of him and yes, there's faults and failures that happen along the way. But there's one thing in mind. We're going to leave that which is behind. And we're going to press forward to the mark, the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. And we're going to come and worship Him because of who He is. And this morning, I encourage you. I encourage you, your family. I encourage you and your spouse this morning. No matter what it is, say, you know what? I'm going to come. I'm just going to come this morning on this Sunday morning and I'm going to worship Him, leaving everything else behind. And I'm going to give Him what's rightfully His this morning because of who He is. I wish some people would just pray right now. Would you just do that? Would you just allow praise and worship to come up from your lips right now? You're a blessed people. You're in the house of the Lord this morning. Nothing else is more important. Brother Robertson was sharing with me today, or the other day, this past week, this church went out and, and along with a lot of other help from people, donations from businesses and all kinds of stuff. took a Christmas dinner not for a family gift cards for the family all kinds of stuff we tried to bless almost 40 families this week and he shared with me some sad situations of people that don't have and they are without people that have lost everything due to a fire all kinds of stuff we're in the house of God this morning and we're a blessed people and it better not be that there's things that you're unwilling to leave behind to come to worship him today it better not be that there's anything else more important 
than you putting him where he rightfully needs to be in your life and give him everything due to him this morning in worship because now is the time to worship. Some people are trying to choose between eating and getting medication. That's the type of world we're in right now. That's in our city. Oh God, don't let me ever fall into the trap of becoming too comfortable. Don't let the blessings that you've put upon me, God, to stop and hinder me in my worship. I feel His presence right now. I'm not, I'm not in no hurry. I don't, doesn't bother me at all. doesn't make me awkward at all. I'm just going to let God's presence do the work right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everyone that's watching or listening online right now, hallelujah, would you just set everything else aside? Amen. Just take the time right now to stop everything else. Hallelujah. Raise your hands before the Lord. Hallelujah. Now's the time to worship Him. Now's the time. Now is the time. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.